welcome to Crafting a Revolution, the podcast. My name is Katie Freeman, and I'm one of your hosts. Every week, we bring you interviews with female identifying and non-binary makers of all kinds from all over the world. Today's guest is Aruba Slaughter, who is a who is an abstract artist. Um, she is not currently full-time abstract artist, though that is her kind of end goal in mind. And it was great getting to chat with Aruba and find out about what got her started into making abstract art and uh, learning about her process for making and how to get into gallery spaces and shows. Um, so really just overall great topics and talking about pricing too, which I think is always really valuable information to learn how others price their work uh, to sell. So I know that many of you will pick up some just great tips from this interview as well as enjoy her story just as much as I did. Before I hop into the conversation with Aruba, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the patrons over on Patreon. So thank you so much, Lee at Lee Runyon, Annette 513Woodworks, Katie Thompson, Women of Woodworking, Kevin, Lefty's Woodshop, Christy, Twisted Twine, Jeremy, Jeremy Spies, Sammy, Go Sammy Lee, Rachel, Moody Makes, Bonnie, Tool Mom Bonnie, ToolMomStore.com, Laura, Oakley Soap Company, Brandy, Studio Obey, Lee, The Rainbow Carver, Ellen, Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much for your continued and ongoing support of the podcast uh, on a monthly basis. I really appreciate it. We appreciate it with the podcast. Um, if you would like to help in an ongoing monthly manner, just head on over to patreon.com forward slash crafting revolution. If you would like to do more of an infrequent donation or a one-time donation, follow along with a podcast over on Instagram at crafting a revolution. Check out the link in the bio there and it gives you an option for making a one-time donation. And uh, thank you in advance for all of that. It is greatly appreciated and helps keep the lights on, if you will, uh, for the podcast. All right, without further ado, let's head on into the conversation with Aruba Slaughter. All right, okay. well, I do like to start by asking my guests to introduce themselves. Would you do that for me? Sure. Um, good morning. I am Aruba Slaughter, abstract artist. Okay. Uh, can you define, when you say abstract artist, can you deepen that a little bit? Because I think there's like a broad array of things that fall into that category. Okay. So I create um, original abstract paintings. My abstract paintings consist of a custom texture that I create myself. Um, and my creations they never start with a blueprint. They never start with a thought. They generally, I absolutely just choose colors and just go from there. I love that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like my kind of creating, actually. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I want to take a step back and ask kind of a broader question and say, what is Ruba's story from like, 
baby Aruba? Like, where were you born to, like, how did you get into making um, abstract art? Okay. Um, I was born in New York City, Harlem Hospital. Um, my family ventured from New York to Connecticut to Atlanta, and I've raised my family in Atlanta, and now we transitioned to St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. Um, kind of, you're not far too far from me. I'm in Iowa, so like okay. I consider St. Louis still like Midwest ish. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've been to Iowa a few times. Okay. And there's not much to there. see there. So. Yeah. My daughter's at Drake University. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like our biggest metropolis is uh, <laughs> Des Moines. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's not much to see. It's it's right. cornfields, cows, and pigs. That's about it in the state sure. of <laughs> And it's interesting enough that you say that because you asked how I started with creating. Um, and I actually didn't start creating seriously until after my youngest went to college. So I didn't want it. So I didn't want me being an artist to interfere with my family. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be distracted from being a part of my family. Mm-hmm. So I, I started creating when we took my youngest to school. Okay. So it, yeah. What I'm assuming, though, that you've had other forms of creativity. Um, before that maybe not like as direct as uh, painting but I'm sure that it's kind of escaped along the way um oh I I get I think a little bit of everything that I've done in my life has had a touch of creativity to it Mm -hmm. um like being a cosmetologist that's pretty creative yeah um I don't know um I've dibbled and dabbled with some paintings but not on a level where I am now Mm-hmm. And what I create now um, totally didn't start until 2017. Okay. So it's pretty new for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's still pretty mm-hmm. new. Yeah. That's, that's when I started my um, woodworking business was 2017. So, oh, nice. um, so we're about the same. Our, our, uh, our businesses are all, heading off to kindergarten and Mm -hmm. um you know they're five years old so yeah we're entering the new stage of (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome congratulations thank you um so why like did you always have this idea of wanting to paint um not on the level where I am now I've I never thought that, I can't say, well, I never thought it would make me this far. You know, I've never considered myself thinking, I never thought that I would be like a professional artist. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, that was new, you know, dibbling and dabbling, creating a couple of pieces for a home or something of that nature. That's, that was my thought process initially. I loved creating, um, but I just never, I guess I never thought I could do what I'm doing now. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't know that skill was there. I didn't know that talent was there, mm-hmm. you know? So. Did you grow up with like any artists um, like in your family or in your community? Um, so like my mom, she, 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 was, she would sketch and I had a couple of brothers that could draw as well, but they weren't, it wasn't something that they cultivated. Yeah. You know, something that yeah. they just did their time. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. So once you took the youngest off to school, and you mm-hmm. decided, <laughs> what, <laughs> what made you decide to like jump in at that point? Because at that point I had an empty nest. I had an empty mm-hmm. nest. Um, and then I was actually diagnosed with a brain aneurysm. Okay. And so I was looking at something that I could do you know, that created some stillness and some peace, mm-hmm. you know, relaxing that I could do. And of course, painting did that. Um, I, I do work, I work for a hospital, so I dealt with patients all day. Um, that's a different level of stress, yeah. you know. And so that was a consistent stress, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was. my plan was just to use painting as that outlet, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it worked (laughs) and it's still working. (laughs) Good. Did you, are you still doing both then? Are you still painting and then working? Okay. At the hospital. Yeah. Ooh, it's been a stressful couple of years. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, so I'll just say thank you for your service in healthcare. Um, to me those are the heroes yeah (laughs) yeah definitely at this point I don't I don't have face-to-face contact with patients anymore Mm -hmm. um most of the work that I take care it's on on the phone okay um I'm actually working from home I'm not in the office anymore so which that comes with its own level of pros and cons working from home (laughs) (laughs) absolutely (laughs) I mean, the commute is nothing, which is nice, but, uh, right. <laughs> but beyond that, um, yeah, it can be tough. Do you think that, do you feel like, like creating your art has allowed you to create space within your home? That's like, gives you relief from the, you know, once we bring work home, sometimes it's hard to leave like work. Um, so yes, because just as we have, we have to allocate, we allocate, we allocate time to go to work and clock in and clock out. Mm-hmm. And when you have something, we have a passion that's outside of your job. You have to dedicate that time as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to put as much of my time, effort and energy and to my passion mm-hmm. that I do for the hospital. So yeah, it's definitely separate. Mm-hmm. There, I've been work and do art in the same area of my house. <laughs> <laughs> How did you, so once you decided to like, you know, jump into it, empty nester type thing, like, mm-hmm. how'd you learn the, the skills or have you always kind of had the like just natural ability? So I think, well, the pieces that I created, 
um, before I actually totally engulfed myself in it, um, I always did abstract art, mm-hmm. but my the level that I'm on now is totally different. It's much deeper. It's much more structured. Um, before I didn't use texture and stuff like that. And so once, when I started back, I initially started back where I left off and just creating abstract paintings. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were nice, but that's not what I wanted for myself. So I literally created the technique that I have now. Um, so that was a learning process for me. Mm-hmm. So as far as the abstract aspect of it, that was something that I've always done. Okay. But the texture and things of that nature and my technique that I use now definitely evolved since I started back painting. Mm-hmm. What was it about texture that called to you? It, uh, it allows a totally different, it allows a total different story to be told. Mm-hmm. One, two, um, I just wanted to be different. You know, it's a lot of people creating, doing abstract art. Um, I didn't want to be a portrait um, artist. I didn't want to be a sketch artist. So I had to create an abstract painting that I was just as um, intrigued with as anyone else, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, I don't know. And it's just different. I think when you... I think when you look at my work, the average person who knows me as an artist and see my work, they can generally tell if it was hanging in the, on the wall in a gallery and they walked in and all they could say, oh, that's, that's a Ruba Slaughter's piece, mm-hmm. you know, and that is, that was my, that's my goal. Okay. To set myself apart as an artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I, um, I mean... I don't do abstract art, but I, <laughs> I guess I do in a, in a way, but in mm-hmm. the medium of wood. Um, sure. And I, it's probably been a couple of years now that I started adding texture mm-hmm. um, to my pieces. I saw, you know, somebody else on social media kind of mm-hmm. playing around with texture. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that just like set the level to a whole, yeah. you know, set things to a whole new level. And I guess I always look at it as like, I'm trying to create pieces that are more than just like, something to look at but as an experience for somebody else Mm -hmm. and so it's like yeah that extra dimension just brings them in in a different way absolutely yeah definitely a conversation piece yep yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) when did you go from like creating kind of for yourself to you know getting pieces put in galleries so my very first, so literally I, I started creating the latter part, I'll say of 2016, you know, after taking my daughter to college or whatever, mm-hmm. um, by January, 2017. And I usually say that's when I started because that was the first time I had a piece in a gallery. Okay. Um, so in January of 2017, 17 had started transitioning into creating texture work um and I actually had a 
my first piece go in a gallery that that month. Okay. What can you tell me more about the process of doing that? I mean, what did you like apply? Were you like banging on gallery doors? Um, you know, how did that whole oh, um, thing come about? So honestly, the very first time I learned how to get my work into a gallery is was answering an art call, an mm-hmm. artist call. Okay. And I had no idea what that was, but my oldest daughter introduced me to that. She actually sent me an art call and told me to fill it out. And I was like, well, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just read up on it. And that is, that's honestly how I started by answering artist calls and things of that nature. And just learning that process by different artists that I met along the way. and, you know, having, being a part of uh, artist groups and stuff like that. So, yeah. And it's, it's a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a thing. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, after a while, then I've started re- receiving phone calls and stuff like that from other galleries asking me to be a part of a show or um, to get work into their galleries and stuff like that. So it's a give and take, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it happens both ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I've I've never been, I guess, I've never been brave enough. Maybe I need to wait for my kids to get old enough to push <laughs> me into <laughs> to doing it, to answering nope. the calls. Like, I, I stalk the call for artists, but I've never sure. been brave enough to, to actually apply. Um, I guess it's just something to me, I think, that at least personally, I get scared by this idea that somebody else is judging and can mm-hmm. deem my my work not worthy enough to. Well, there's there's so there are so many different type of artist calls. Um, it could just be an artist call for something simple. They want the art call to be because of the color yellow. Anything that's relevant to the color yellow. So in those cases, it's not necessarily a competition. They're not judging. It's just they have a gallery and they have a show with all yellow paintings. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's, those are one of the you know easier ones. Um, and I think that's a great place to start because no one's judging you. But you yeah. learn a lot, you know, <laughs> putting yourself in those situations as a new artist Mm-hmm. It allows you to go through that process, understand that process, and put a lot of fears that you have about that process at bay, you know, because your only expectation is to show this piece of art that I submitted to this art call. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> and then, you know, honestly, when, even with that first art call that I answered, I had gotten to a point, a portion of filling out the, the application for it and it asked my age. And when I came across that question, I left it there for a couple of days. I did. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing this. I'm too over this. <laughs> I, so did you so feel I, that did you really feel that way? Like do you did you feel like being an artist is a young person's game? Or? No, I oh, I don't think it, it wasn't about being the art uh, an artist it was mm-hmm. I think it was more so about that art call mm. 
Because what was the purpose of them asking my age? You know right. what I mean? And so, <laughs> again, that this was all new to me. I had never yeah. shown yep. my work. At, you know, I had never had a, and this was a relatively large art show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was very intimidated initially. <laughs> when, but, what was it like walking into that that space for the art show and like that first time walking in and seeing your your piece it was amazing it, it was amazing just the entire experience was amazing and I say that because I was nervous I was apprehensive about answering that art call mm-hmm. and that particular art show put me in a different headspace because they you they actually used my some of my work to promote the show on so it was on the local news, which was amazing for me. Um, definitely scary because yeah. here I am creating abstract art, and we we know how some people think about abstract art. Right. You know, right. people <laughs> underestimate abstract art, and you know it's like well, it just looks like a five year old scribbled on a canvas. You know, so you you do have people who feel like Right. So about abstract art. So here I am as a new artist who's created her own technique. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I was nervous. (laughs) 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 I I mean, yeah, makes complete sense to me. I'd be (laughs) be nervous too. (laughs) Um, But it was amazing. It was. It was yeah. definitely an amazing experience for me. Did you feel, did you call yourself an artist before the show? No, <laughs> I didn't. I don't even think, I don't even think that I was even considering myself an artist in the midst of the show. You know, these these are some works that I created, but I, right. I don't think I ever addressed myself as an artist. Okay. You know? um, even after I, I literally, I actually saw my first piece at that show. Um, Which is always I, a good feeling. Was it somebody that, do, that doesn't know you? Because to me, that's yeah. always the key. <laughs> it, was someone, it was someone I did not know. Someone yeah. I did not know. Um, and it came and I don't, I don't even remember seeing that person looking at my art. Um, but the art show was over and she, we were loading up the car and she ran out. She's like, oh my gosh, I thought I missed you. She's like, I saw your work, the, sort of the piece when she first came in, but she didn't want to carry it around the show. Mm-hmm. So she, we were leaving and she purchased it. <laughs> It was pretty awesome. I was like, wow. Yeah. That yeah. was that 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 takes you on to a different mental level, mm-hmm. definitely. What was the theme of that first show? It actually um it didn't have a theme. Okay. It didn't have a theme. Um that's and that's always good for especially how I create. It's always themeless shows for me are. I love female shows because they don't put, they don't restrict you. Right. Um, so yeah, it didn't have, because it, it had quite a few different art. It was a really big show. Okay. The, 
event space where it was two, it was two level. Um, and it was a lot of different artists there and every, me, you know, in every medium. So it was. Was a, this in St. Louis or was it in Atlanta? It was in St. Louis. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you yeah. end up creating, I know. So like you said briefly in, at the start that you kind of like you grab, grab the colors and you just kind of go. Mm-hmm. find yourself as you're making the piece to like are you thinking about something like in general as you're making it um that like ends up you feel ends up coming through um so I can't say yes to that <laughs> okay <laughs> and I- it's very it's a it's I think my process is difficult for even myself sometimes to understand and what happens to transcribe to the canvas because no I don't it's never a time where I'm creating and I'm thinking about let's hypothetically say some roses Mm -hmm. and it I end up painting a rose or something like that so no um I could be thinking about a plethora of different things um of course I listen to music while I'm creating um and I'm a I'm a bourbon connoisseur so it it sometimes it could be not necessarily what I'm thinking about but it could be a combination of those two things and what mood they put me in at that moment Mm. But it's still an untra- uh, it's still an unintentional transition from my feelings or my vibe to the canvas. Hey makers, today's episode is sponsored in part by toolmomstore.com. At toolmomstore.com, you can find any and all tool-based merchandise for all genders, all sizes. They've got mugs, they've got shirts all kinds of cool stuff. I have uh, one of the shirts myself that has the uh, hashtag woodwork her on it. And I also have a couple of the mugs that define what and who is a tool chick. So super excited with the merchandise that I have. I know that you will be satisfied as well. Um, And also great discount for those of you who listen to the podcast at checkout if you enter the code maker mom you will get a 20 percent discount off any of the merchandise that you buy so that's just toolmomstore.com all right let's head back into the action and i think i actually that's actually i think what i was trying to ask more so is not necessarily like thinking of an object that would come through sure. but thinking of just the a feeling, you know, whether it's like stuff, whether it's stuff going on in like personal life or world at mm-hmm. large that like just ends up kind of going through you yeah. into the canvas type thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's almost like <laughs> like being in a trance or something like that, mm-hmm. and whatever happens, happen. Yeah, that's. I think that's the best way that I can describe it. Yeah. Um, I I definitely feel the same in my process when I'm, um, when I'm carving wood, because I've tried to aim for like a specific, uh, like 
resemblance to an object or something mm-hmm. like that. And that just failed and I found it frustrating and it didn't work. Sure. Um, but if I like just took to a piece of like, okay, I have all of this emotion and let's just see where it takes me. Sure. And I get very transitive. I call it my meditation. That is oh, my meditation. <laughs> but that, and then it just ends up, you know, the piece that comes out is way better like sometimes when it's like coming out of that trance it's like Absolutely. wow I made like <laughs> made that yeah. I wasn't expecting that right. type thing yeah I like to address I like to call it a purge mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone now on that canvas yeah yep. so I totally totally agree mm-hmm. um, I, and I like that better I think I've created like masks on canvases, those, of course, are intentional. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's the most intentional work that I do. I set out to paint a skyline. <clears throat> I, well, created a skyline. Um, and it took me forever to do it because it was a, an intentional piece. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was really bored creating mm-hmm. that skyline, you know, so it took me longer to do just a simple skyline. It was on a nice size canvas, mm-hmm. um, but it took me much longer to create that skyline than it would be for me to, you know, start one of my pieces from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, it's I'm I'm not. Well, I think I think maybe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe what I hear you saying is like something like a a skyline there's not emotion there like it's like looking at a skyline can evoke emotion right depending on how you feel about like that space that you're looking at but the actual skyline itself is not something that like you would create from a mood that's just not so I can see why that would be like a harder project to work on yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. have you seen or have you felt a change in your work um over the last you know couple years in the I will call it the craziness around our um, (laughs) country (laughs) um (laughs) Have you felt that come through in your work at all? I think that uh, yeah, you can see some of the you, you can see a, an emotion shift mm-hmm. in the in my work. You can see that um, not just because of the times that's going on or you know or because of the pandemic, it could mm-hmm. just could be anything, you know. Um but definitely I can, I, I can see a, a emotional change in my work. Mm-hmm. I can't say if it's from being stuck in the house all the time <laughs> or not. But, you know, I, I think if I really sat down and thought about it, I could probably say, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Do you think those, especially those closest to you, see it too? I would say yes. Definitely. They would probably, it it would probably, 
be more obvious to them than it would be to me. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you hope to get to a point to be a full-time artist? Absolutely. That is, that's my number one goal at this point in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> how, yes. how are you, I guess, you know, sometimes on the podcast, I like to ask more like nuts and bolts type questions. So this is going to be probably one of those in the, how are you like striving to do that? Like, are you working to be in more shows or like, how do you, how are you trying to, I guess, build it up as a, sure. what people don't understand a lot of times when you, especially as a kid want to be an artist is that it's a, it's a business also. It's sure. not just the creation part of it. So how are you kind of working on building that up? So <laughs> most importantly, in order to be a full-time artist that can actually survive Mm-hmm. Um, you have to pretty much get yourself out there to be known as an artist. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, um, doing more art shows, um, you know, going from different states to, you know, trying to transition into being international. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that will allow me to be a full-time mm-hmm. artist, you know, and so that is my, that's my focus. Um, it could be art shows. It could be um, art artist residencies, mm-hmm. um, just things of that nature. Um, as far as the business aspect of it, of being an artist, that was one of the things I focused on mostly when I started. Mm-hmm. Is learning the business aspect, learning what it actually meant to be an artist. Um, do's don'ts you know what do I need to transition transition into that phase mm-hmm. as being a artist you know being a successful artist um what type of artist do you want to be do you want to be an artist that's just well known do you want to be an artist that can survive on your, your creating <laughs> right you know it's, it's a lot of things that you have to dissect in order to make it happen mm-hmm. and the, that's my always my mindset. That's always my mindset. Mm-hmm. I need to, to to create and figure out a way how I'm going to get from here to here. And every year, I make sure I have a significant amount of events. Um, I had a solo show in July in Atlanta, and that was my very first solo show out of state. And so I see a lot of I see me doing a lot of different shows like that this year, maybe in Atlanta and some other places, but definitely um, as many different places as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, congrats on your first solo show out of uh, the state. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> um, thank you. Do you think, like, do you have any galleries that represent you as well? Like, I, I've seen your website, so I know you're selling pieces, like, on your website and stuff. But are there mm-hmm. galleries you have things kind of in all the time as well? Um, I have some work in, a, in that gallery in Atlanta that I had that, that I did that show with. Um, I have some work that's going up in a, another gallery in Atlanta. Um, 
they're waiting. For the, it's a brand new gallery, so it's in mm-hmm. Rochester, Georgia, and they're doing a build out now. So I have work there to go up on those walls, um, but just a a gallery where my work is always the pandemic when the pandemic started and the galleries closed. Mm-hmm. I collect all of that work where I had work always in the yes. gallery in Georgia. I mean St. Louis. So I would say no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had success with doing it like yourself online? I've had the majority of success. Okay. Doing it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I did very well at the art, the show that I had in Atlanta. Um, I did very, very well. I would say, yeah. So that particular show, monetary, monetarily, I made the most money. Mm-hmm. When we talk about how many pieces that I've sold, it's been um, from my work being on okay. my website or social media and stuff like that. People reaching out to me mm-hmm. and selling it that way as opposed to it being in a gallery. and mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know how comfortable you are talking about money, but I do like to ask people, like, how do you figure out how to price your work? (laughs) (laughs) Because that's always a thing of like, how much do I charge for this thing I just made? (laughs) And I don't, I don't have a problem um, discussing it at all. Um, So I always start off as when I first started pricing work, I used a, a, a kind of grid, if you will. So I would take, it was based on the size of a painting, the mm-hmm. size of a painting. So I would, let's just use some random numbers. Like, mm-hmm. so if I had a 24 by 24, um, I would say I started that at $100, okay? Mm-hmm. And then if it was a 24 by 24, gallery wrap canvas or 24 by 24 museum wrap canvas or just a regular one inch canvas Mm -hmm. so those three even though they're the same size they definitely have a different price point Mm -hmm. because those can the price of those canvases they change right (laughs) So then I take into consideration when after I create a piece, how much texture, how much work, how much paint, how much time that I put into each of those pieces. And that'll add or take away from the price of a piece as well. Okay. So I have a, um, let's say a 24 by 48 um painting I can have three different three different ones and they could be on those three different canvas options and the base would probably start at let's say a thousand dollars but all those all of those different things are factor in as to how much that bottom line will be mm-hmm. um so that's how, that's how I do mine now mm-hmm. um, so definitely the um, 
the canvas, how much um, paint is used. I use a lot of paint, um, texture, how much time. Um, yeah, so. Okay, how long did it take you to like figure out your formula? Um, so because I, when I started doing art shows, mm -hmm. figure it out really quickly. <laughs> um, because I had a curator say to me, I had a curator say to me that I took a big, I put, I did a, a big step by putting myself out there. Mm -hmm. And when I walked in there with my work, I didn't have that plan in place. I had no idea. And he said, now the hard part. And so I was like, oh, well, what kind of good book could that be? He said, you have to price it. I was like, oh. <laughs> so the paper, so I'm looking at it, and they asked for the price. So I, I wrote a price in it on, down on the paper. And he looked at it, and he slid it back to me and said, no, that's way too low. <laughs> So, yeah, there was a time where I was pricing my work way too low, you know, and it would be some older, more seasoned artists who would tell me, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Look at your work. There's no reason why that should be that low. You know, I've had and it could be like in the midst of a, a show and it would be just another a older, more experienced artist looking at my work and be like. Yep, my who's like my work is nowhere near as detailed as yours. I just sold a painting that size for three grand, and I may have had it listed for like a thousand dollars or something like that, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that was a lesson in itself. But I also had to just pricing it. You you can put a price point on it, but you got to be able to stand on that price as well, right? <laughs> You have to be comfortable. You have to first understand that it's worth it. You're mm -hmm. worth it, that price that you gave it. Um, and then sticking to it. You know. I was gonna say I imagine people try to haggle. Um no. no. I, I, <laughs> good. Um no, I, I think more so with anything is when you do when you do art shows and it was a problem that I had, you know, you know, you have an audience, you have, you have an audience that you have in mind, but you're not going to always, you know, that's not going to be the first people you show to or the first demographic mm -hmm. you show to. And so with that being said, I used to, I used to fluctuate my prices based on the demographics of where I was showing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a couple of things that we had to we have to take into consideration with that. You you have art lovers, and art lovers, art connoisseurs. They if they have been in in it longer than you, then they already know what to expect as far as prices are concerned, mm -hmm. especially good art. Um. And your, your prices is not going to, they're not, your prices aren't going to, it's not, they're not going to, to intimidate that person. Mm -hmm. You being intimidated, you are adjusting your prices. Now I don't, I used to do that. Like 
all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't anymore. Okay. I don't do that anymore. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. If you if I have a promotion and you get a discount from that promotion, that's your discount. That's your discount. But right. other than my prices, though, I do not fluctuate my prices any longer. And I think that, yes, is it, am I comfortable with doing that? Probably because I have a full time job. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we have me, my art sales don't make or break me. Gotcha. It's not, so what I think you're saying is like, you're comfortable with it's that price. And if I don't sell a piece in that show, because it's not the audience, the demographic that is comfortable with paying that price, then that's okay. Yes, that is. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because our, our art show does more than put you in a position where you can sell art. Right. It, it teaches you a lot of things about being an artist. Um, it helps get you recognition. And that's the most important thing, especially if you a, are a new artist. Yes, mm-hmm. it's amazing to sell art, but it's just like everything else. You have to put yourself in a position and actually know what you're doing to, to increase your levels. Mm-hmm. Art shows, yeah, it's good. Like I said, it's, it's nice to sell. But after a while, some of my earlier shows, that wasn't my focus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to do this art show. Even if, even if like, I did an art show where this, it was a big art show and it was called Conceptions. And so what Conceptions would do is they would have this, big, big art show, and it would be a slew of artists, okay? They didn't charge you to be a part of this show, but you had to sell 10 tickets. Um, so that was, that was like 300 bucks, okay? And I would just buy all the tickets. <laughs> I've bought out, you know what? If if I sell one painting, I've, I would have made that $300 back. Right. But most importantly, I'm looking at all of the people my work is going to be in front of. You know, and mm-hmm. so that was that was my that's how that's how I think. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. Did it take you time to feel confident that your your work was worth the prices? Uh, you know, you were putting on it. Absolutely, absolutely. After after I figured out how to price them (laughs) right I have that I had that formula I broke the formula down and when you look at that take all those things into consideration and you look at the final price you're like well that's kind of (laughs) high yeah absolutely yeah and I work on a large scale so I really don't do smaller paintings anymore um like that painting behind me that's a 60 by 48 mm-hmm. that's top yeah <laughs> so yeah <laughs> I, and I needed to say I took two paintings um to Atlanta that size and I had to price them mm-hmm. that's uh, that was a whole different different <laughs> that's a whole different 
beast. Yeah. And those were the first on on that size scale. The ones that I created for that art show in Atlanta was the first ones I did that large. Mm-hmm. That's that's a lot of canvas to cover. Yes, <laughs> I had already sold pieces smaller than that, nowhere near that size, like for three grand or four grand. Mm-hmm. So I had to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> And guess what? I priced it. Mm-hmm. Is what it is. It is. What, yeah, yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, do you have a hard time at all? Because this is where I also, again, you know, I've, I haven't had the the courage to fully apply to you know a call for artists. But mm-hmm. my concern is sometimes like if I can create enough work in the time that there is um because I don't generally have just like a bunch of pieces like lying around ready to go <laughs> so is that ever a concern not for me no okay <laughs> because it's, it's one thing that I've learned and it goes back to what I was saying that you have to put just as much time and effort into yourself as you do for someone else mm-hmm. so you, when you're working a nine to five, you are dining on the spot for that job. And that's not your, that's just somewhere you do the work and you're making them. Right, right. Okay. You have to put that much energy into yourself. So with me, even with all the work that I have now, I have right now, I have work hanging in quite a few places. Mm-hmm. And so the work that usually I've, it looks like it, I don't have any work created, mm-hmm. but I have work in a lot of different places. And sometimes I'm like, gosh, where's all my work? But it's all out, hanging mm-hmm. on to other, other places. But one of the biggest things that I do, and I have a lot of artist friends who have the same concern as you. And there should never be a time where you don't have enough work if someone calls you and say, hey, I have this art show going, do you want to be a part or can you be a part? And you like, well, I don't have enough time to create enough work. You should never put yourself in that position. I create every Friday. Every Friday, I'm painting. If I have an event on a Friday, I attend that event. And if it's late or, you know, maybe had a couple of too many drinks, I still do something, uh-huh. still do something. If I'm work, if I'm starting a new piece, I might merely just unwrap the canvas, you know, put my signature and stuff on the back of it like I normally do. What I'm doing, I did something mm-hmm. to start that process. And as an artist, and it's my, this, some people might not feel that way, but I feel you should always have work. Mm-hmm. Always be creating, you know? Yeah. And I think with some, like I said, some of my artist friends, I've seen them not be able to do shows because they didn't have any work or them accept a show to do and they had to hustle and create work. 
um, and it's a mess. Mm-hmm. And so I don't ever put myself in that position. Now I do create work and I consistently create work, but if I had a show to do, I will always create a new piece to go to that, to add in that show. So I might have pieces that I already have oh, and gotcha. then, yeah, or I'll create one or two pieces, um, new pieces to take that <laughs> no one's ever seen. So I'll create work and I won't post it on social media because I want this to be a new piece for that particular show. Gotcha. Um, it's coming actually right, right on time as in uh, our time being pretty much up. Um, <laughs> and so I want to give you a chance to let people know like how they can find your work and see what you're up to. Sure. Um, so you can, my website is abstracts lover.com um you can find my work there you can find me on instagram my handle is abstracts lover um gosh those are i think those two are the most important places um even if you google aruba slaughter you can find a lot of stuff there as well okay and i'll include the links to both of those uh in the show notes for the episode to make it easier for people to find them. Um, uh, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Really, I appreciate Absolutely. it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So again, that was Aruba Slatter. I will include the links on how you can follow along with her and see her available works in the show notes for today's episode. The best places to find those is check the description for the episode on your podcast app. If you're watching this on YouTube, check the description box down below. And lastly, you can head on over to freemanfurnishings.com forward slash podcast and find this episode as well as all the past episodes, the show notes, the links, all the good stuff. When I am not interviewing fantastic makers and making podcast episodes, you can find me designing and making furniture and home decor at freemanfurnishings.com and at freemanfurnishings across pretty much all the social media platforms. I am active um, pretty close to on the daily though on Instagram. So come on over and say hi at Freeman Furnishings. Again, make sure to follow along with the podcast at Crafting a Revolution on Instagram as well. And uh, if you ever want to watch the, if you've been a listener of the episodes, but you want to watch the episodes, you can find those on my Freeman Furnishings channel over on YouTube. Um, I have a quick link to it uh, in the Crafting a Revolution bio, link in bio on Instagram as well. Okay, it's the end of a week. Next week, we will be back with one brand new episode on Friday. And in the meantime, let's go craft a revolution. Solution for the toxic masculinity